Welcome to the YA Cafe, where we share conversations about books for teachers, readers, and caffeine addicts everywhere. On today's episode, we'll be talking about A Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy by Mackenzie Lee. Grab a mug of your favorite beverage, friends, and let's talk books. This episode was originally recorded as an Instagram Live. Therefore, it refers to things that may not come across in a podcast, but we still wanted to share this audio with you anyway. Happy reading! I'm Danielle. I'm Amanda Thrasher. And this is the YA Cafe Instagram Live. It's like a podcast, but, but it's Instagram. <laughs> okay, so here's why we're on Instagram this week instead of a podcast. Um, so we usually record in a closet, but we moved. We did. No more closet. To Oregon. It is National Coming Out Day, <laughs> and we are out of the closet. We're out of the closet! Um, Okay, so we moved to Oregon. We didn't have any of our podcast stuff. We, you know, couldn't get stuff together. And then it turned out to be okay because our editor is on the, like, Florida Gulf Coast and maybe wasn't going to have power anyway. So it all worked out and here we are. It's true. And now we have people and we have to entertain them. Okay, so first thing that y'all should know, if you have listened to our podcast, we sound smart very often and it's mostly because of Leela so that may not happen this time. <laughs> Leela usually edits us to sound awesome and amazing and you know hey Phil it's Phil y'all hey Phil um <clears throat> Phil is Leela's fiance that's why he's cool <laughs> it's not the only reason Phil is cool but also uh so another thing that you should know if you listen to our podcast is we normally have a very good split between spoiler and non-spoiler sections um, we are going to try to do that a lot here, but because it doesn't have, we don't have the editing function, it might not be as yeah. clean as it always is. Like, sometimes we say a spoiler, and then we're like, oops, Leela, put that in the spoiler section, and... Yeah, but we're, we're still going to try to keep the normal structure of the podcast. We're going to try. Where we don't talk about spoilers in the beginning, and we'll put them at the end, but just if you're, like, super anti-spoiler, um, it could happen but we're going to try real hard not to. And, um, yeah. So that's that. And, okay. So we're talking about this book, The Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy. I assume that this is, like, flipped around and y'all can't read it, but this is great. This is by Mackenzie Lee. It is the second book. The first one is A Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue. And it was our very first podcast episode, and it was Yay! a lot of fun. We loved it. I loved Gentleman's Guide. So, of course, we thought, oh, our next shelf should, of course, be Ladies' Guide. A shelf is a season for nerds. Get it? It's like a bookshelf. <laughs> um, let's see. What else should they know? I don't know. I feel like that's it. Our dog is in the room. He could be wandering. At the he, moment, he's curled up. He could choose a squeaky toy. We're just going to... Roll with that as it happens. Yeah. Shall we jump into it? Yeah, you want to do the summary? Sure. So in Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy, we pick up with Felicity Montague, who went on a grand adventure with her brother Monty and his uh, paramour Percy. Not a paramour at the time. Uh, he was a paramour by the end. Yes. And then um, 
yeah, a lot of things happen. They ran around with pirates. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Really great book, and it was a lot of fun to do the podcast episode. So uh, when we pick up with Felicity, she is going and working to become a doctor. She's trying really hard to get picked up by the establishment, and basically just wants to be a certified doctor in this London. This is set in the seventeen hundreds, um, which makes that you know a feat. Right. It's it's not just like today and she wants to be a doctor. It's like in the 1700s. This is historical fiction um, for all the people that always wanted to see themselves represented in historical fiction. Right. And Mackenzie Lee needs to write a lot more of it. <laughs> yeah. So Felicity's on a quest to be a doctor. Um, all the hospitals don't want her to be a doctor because she's a woman. And so Leela! Hi, Leela! <laughs> And also, y'all should feel free at any time if you want to ask questions or chime in. This is uh, something that can't happen during a normal podcast, but sure. now we have the magic of the internet. We are connected. So, it's like the future. Um, I got distracted. You did. You saw Leela and it was over. <laughs> yep. So, Felicity's trying to become a doctor, doesn't want to become a doctor. Let's roll. Danielle, what did you think of the book? Well, Amanda, <laughs> I... Loved it. It was great. It was really refreshing. Like, I thought that it would, you know, maybe have some sequel glut or, like, right. you know, maybe not live up to the first one that had this beautiful narrative voice of Monty who was, like, hilarious and funny. And I didn't think it would be funny. Because, because it was Felicity? Because it was Felicity. Sorry, Mackenzie Lee. <laughs> what did you think of it? I really liked it. I mean, yeah, it's it's still funny, but it's a very different humor because Felicity's got that very dry wit mm -hmm. uh, versus Monty's over-the-top, constant, too-much personality. <laughs> um, so I, I really liked it. to share that one quote later. Okay. Um, so I, I really liked it. I I liked Felicity a lot. I liked her more in this book than I did in the first book. Uh, and I liked her okay in the first book, but I really love uh, Percy. Not Percy. I mean, love Percy too, but I really love Monty. And, like, seeing him in this just, like, steal every scene he was in was... It just warmed my heart. I was like... Tiny oh. spoiler. Monty makes an appearance. Well, I don't think that's a spoiler. I mean, you know. I mean, I don't think it's in the... Yeah, da, da, da. it's not even in the blurb. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay, nobody expects Monty to show up in the sequel to his book. What a surprise. So, <clears throat> yeah, and I just thought, I love I love when he showed up. But Fel I liked Felicity a lot. Uh, so Felicity is super tenacious, which I really... Yeah, she, she, like, she doesn't give up. Yeah, and one of the things that I found uh, really cool watching it was she wound up living with this baker Callum? 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 I don't know. I'm not sure how to pronounce it but she's living with this baker and she's like oh this is a really decent life like I could like this life but she's not like living living with him but like she's working at the bakery and he has romantic expectations that she's not ready for right yada yada, yada. and he seems like decent but then when he sees how much she wants this and like how badly she's gonna work for it he like can't handle it and he like thinks that it's just a joke and that it's not that serious it's and yeah and so I, I liked those two things against each other, and I really liked how, even with that happening, like, Felicity still didn't necessarily doubt herself. Right. 
And you kind of, you mentioned before we started this that he's a nice guy TM. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, like, he kind of expects her to marry him. And yeah. he says, when she, you know, when she says, like, I'm not going to marry you, I'm not romantically interested in you, he says, but you've been here, mm-hmm. you've been eating my bread and working here and fancy pastries yeah do you think i would just hire a woman for fun like you know you you owe me yeah that is kind of his vibe but i thought it was interesting like later in the book when felicity is looking at him this isn't really a spoiler it's talking about later in the book but when she's reflecting on him she doesn't view him negatively okay all right i've been told to come closer she doesn't view him super negatively even though like we as the reader don't really like him that much he's right. very bland yeah that surprised me she gave him like a huge benefit of the doubt when I was like this guy is a loser yeah I really liked uh so the opening scene is he hurts himself and Felicity you know fixes him because he that's cuts what off she a does. finger he, he does what do you mean he hurts himself well, I don't remember exactly what happened uh accidental amputation thanks for correcting me um and and she says, this is the most interested I've ever been in him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. I can dig this. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And so we have... Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's set up and you think that um, Felicity is just going to spend the whole book, like, trying to find a position in the med- in a medical establishment mm-hmm. um and then the story goes whoa and- whoa whoa you think that's a spoiler i do think that's a spoiler you think that i can't talk about the other characters okay well i don't know <sighs> it's hard it's hard when we can't edit y'all we're trying real hard <laughs> we're trying okay see this. i'm just gonna glance and see oh yeah, oh, we can yeah. talk about Dr. Platt. Okay, so... Oh, yeah, that's important. Okay. All right, and that's all we got. So, we can talk about Dr. Platt and Sim. Oh, I'm sorry. Take Don't the thing. Here. This is what we're talking about. <laughs> um, so, she finds, like, this, this physician that she's idolized, and she's trying to go work for him. And I thought that, like, you kind of see where it's coming, because we read a lot of books where the person meets their hero, and, like... We actually just rewatched the episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine where they take on the case of, what's his name? The Sky Circle D- Fire D- Chronicles. D.L. Martin. The, probably not Martin, I guess, but he's like the author of this epic fantasy called Skyfire Chronicles. And he's like Terry Crews' hero. And Terry's like, never meet your heroes. And, you know, it goes poorly. And basically... We've heard the never meet your heroes. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a pretty common trope. So yeah. when Felicity's going to meet her hero, you're like, oh, I kind of suspect I know where this is going. Not a bad way. And then I think it works out really well. Yeah. And also, I mean, you've got to know where it's going because you know that Mackenzie Lee is a feminist and it's not going to be this dude doctor that saves the day for Felicity, right? There's no, there's no story there. I mean, I, I'm not going to say there's no story there. I'm going to say, I, I rather than thinking thinking that I just think that you know it it follows a familiar trope so you know where it's going so I'm not gonna say that it's because like he's a dude and like not possible to be good and obviously I didn't mean it that way (laughs) I'm sure Mackenzie Lee has a lot of dudes in her life that she likes a lot I didn't (laughs) mean it that way um yeah that's what I think all right shall we go to break 
Well, we could do, are we, are we doing like a break? Is that how this is going to work? Well, I mean, I don't know. Like, sh shouldn't we just do things we like a latte right in the middle and then... Well, yeah. Should we, should we give people the, the unedited, uh, theme song of White Cafe? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have a secret jingle and it's secret because Leela always cuts it out. Not because Leela is anti the jingle. I don't think Leela is anti the jingle. No, I think everyone is pro jingle except, except me. Except Amanda. <laughs> <coughs> okay. So it's all my fault. So usually when we're like making a cut point for Leela, we'll we'll go ba da 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 YA cafe. And that's the that's whole the thing. jingle. I know. And everyone loves it and I don't know why. Uh, so now you're in on the secret. There you go. <laughs> so things we like a latte. Go. So <laughs> usually when we're in studio, this is also a thing where it's like, oh crap, did I have a thing I like a latte this week? Like all you have to do is think of a thing you like a over lot. the last two months no, because it's been a while. Okay. So I have two. And only two, only two good things have happened to me in this two, these two months. That seems about right. That's not true. It's been a lot more than two. But number one uh, is that our new house has a doggy door and so, and a fenced yard. And so we've now become very relaxed critter parents because Padfoot can just take himself out. Yeah. And I guess we're not talking about this right now. We're talking about other things. And then the second thing is that as we were driving 42 hours across the country, we started listening to The Good Place podcast. Um, if you haven't seen The Good Place, you definitely should. You should watch seasons one and two. And then when you're done with that, you should watch the podcast. It is narrated, narrated, hosted. Sorry, that's what podcasts are. They're hosted. Um by Mark Evan Jackson, who plays Kevin on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Sean on The Good Place. And, um, and he's very funny. And he brings on like producers and editors and crew and techies and costumers and actors. And it's really awesome. Each episode is a deep dive into one of the episodes of the show. Super interesting. I really want it for Brooklyn Nine-Nine now. Yeah, it's it's very cool. Definitely. So, great pick. How about you, Amanda? What's your brew of choice this week? Oh, I forgot to say brew of choice. I know, it's, it's like a I'm coffee not even trying. Um, So, my thing I like a latte this week is a very apt song for this book. It is a, a filk song called Wicked Girls Saving Ourselves. What's filk? Oh, it's like folk, fan fiction, folk, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that's not super important. What's important is that this song is called Wicked Girl Saving Ourselves by Shannon McGuire, and it is beautiful and heartbreaking and ferocious, and I really love it. It fits so well with this book, and I think that if you like this book, you will love this song and play it on repeat a lot, and it's going to be part of your life. So Wicked Girl Saving Ourse Ourselves, Shannon McGuire. Yay. Yay! It makes me feel all the feels. It's good. It's a good one. All right. So, ba da 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 da. YA Cafe. Welcome back, friends. <laughs> <laughs> we know this so well. I know. Anyway, we are doing the spoiler part of the podcast. Okay, so if you have not read this book yet, 
Or if you don't care about spoilers, stay here. But if you care, leave. Leave, I guess. I hate telling people to leave. We'll miss you. <laughs> Come back when you've read the book. <laughs> okay. All right. So, spoilers. I have some quotes, but first I want to talk about the second major character in this book that you would not let me mention. Which one, Joanna or Sim? They're both wonderful. They are both wonderful, but I was going to talk about Joanna. Okay. So, Joanna is Felicity's childhood friend, and they had a kerfuffle, a falling out, really. And so it turns out that Joanna is going to... Oh. Hi, Padfoot. Did you want to be on video? Padfoot wants to be famous. Aww. I love you Everybody, so this is our dog, Padfoot. Our cat, Kirkshanks, is... He's, like, knocking me over. Is <laughs> still in North Carolina, but coming soon. He just Oregon. wanted his 15 minutes of fame. He did. Okay. All right. Um, and so <laughs> Joanna is going to marry this doctor guy that Felicity wants to, like you know, work for and blah, blah, blah. And so she has to make nice with Joanna. But Joanna turns out to be a super duper badass woman. Yeah, she's really cool. Felicity had pretty much written her off because she was into dresses and boys and yada, yada, yada. And Felicity, like, remembered romping around when they were kids and thought that Joanna had abandoned it all. But that's not the case. Joanna turns out to be... So epic in this book. I loved her. And I particularly loved um, kind of the beginning of them getting to know each other again. Joanna invites Felicity to a party and Felicity is a total jerk about it because she's socially awkward and has social anxiety and it manifests itself in jerkitude. Normal. Um, but, da 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 da. Okay, I wrote down 119. The only girls who talk like that. Aha, okay. So Felicity says, I'm not saying I'm a rare breed, I reply. I just mean, you don't meet many girls like me. Yeah, Felicity, whatever. Um, oh, it's not even Joanna in this conversation. You should finish the quote. So it's Sim. <laughs> but Sim says, maybe not, Sim replies, fingering the marlin spike again. Or maybe... You don't just you just don't look for them, and I love that Sim and Joanna had said said something similar at the party, but like Sim says, like you're not as special as you think you are, Felicity, and if you're mm -hmm. such a jerk to everyone without giving them a chance to like, <coughs> you know, impress you, like that's not cool. So yeah, I really liked. I, I know I, I said I was going to find a Joanna quote, and it was actually a Sim quote, but, like, they really expressed similar sentiments, mm -hmm. and it worked on um, rounding out, like, this depiction of awesome girls and the things that awesome girls can like and kind of dismantling the trope of the historical fiction heroine who isn't like other girls. She wants to read books. I think... I think it really plays into who Felicity is, too, as being, like, a woman who's trying to prove that she can be just as good as a man, as opposed to, like, being able to come into her own strengths and abilities and and that kind of thing. Based on, like, what her goals are, like, she wants to be certified. She wants to be part of this, like, big medical profession. 
And so she is seeking literally the approval of men, even though she, like, pretends... Or even though she has deluded herself into thinking that because she's not, like, dressing up and, like, wearing petticoats and that kind of thing, like, she's not seeking this approval. But in reality, she is, like, oh. even more so than Joanna. <gasps> That's so insightful! High five! <laughs> I love it. Let's see what other quotes I got cooking here. Oh, Joanna tells her, everyone is awkward at parties. Everyone feels awkward. And Joanna basically says, fake it till you make it. And I love that. It's true. When I'm at parties, I try to channel Amanda. And you shouldn't. I, I try to be super social for the time that I'm at parties. Um, and then I go home and read books. Where you wanted to be the whole time. Uh, that's, you know. <laughs> okay, I wrote that's it. Okay, she susses out hospital won't invest in prevention because it would decrease business. Felicity is super smart. Mm -hmm. um, not because she reads books, but because she is smart and also reads books. I don't know. Like, I just wanted to underscore I was that. laughing at Leela. Oh. <laughs> I try to channel Amanda every day. I know, right? You shouldn't. Leela, <laughs> let me tell you, Amanda also tries to channel you all the time. We miss you. Move to Oregon. <laughs> We've got your room ready. So. All right. Um, so this, like Gentleman's Guide, um, goes into a more fantasy-esque domain in the last third or so, where they, uh, you know, at first it's like, oh, Joanna doesn't want to get married, and, like, there's oh. a map that we're chasing. And then, at the end, it turns into, we're, th like, a girl gang of scientists who are hunting down sea monsters. And oh, like, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I, you know, I had forgotten that Gentleman's Guide went in a fantasy direction with the whole immortality thing. And yeah. Like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I just rolled with it. I was like, yeah, of course there are dragons. Yeah, like, it's kind of, I think it's kind of jarring a little bit, like, but it kind of... It also makes sense in the book, like, it doesn't, it's just, it's just a little odd, like, if you go into it expecting one thing and it becomes another. Like, it kind of goes a more fantasy direction, but maybe, I think it works really well. Maybe it transcends genre divisions. Maybe it's a genre-bending... So, I don't like that. <laughs> because, because I feel like it like, dismisses fantasy, when it's like, oh, it's, it's fantasy, but it's, like, literary. Like, no, like, no. there's good fantasy. You're, like, it's projecting fantasy. No, I think like, I'm, I think I'm on it. No, you, no. you say you don't like magical realism, because it's, like, I did not say it. No, like no, you don't realism. like the term, you have said, you do not like the term magical realism, because it's, like, saying that the term fantasy isn't good enough. Well, I, yes, yeah, so, in general, that is true, but, like, if it's, like, magical realism that is, like, actually magical realism is, like, this very specific genre that, like, is very prolific among Latin American authors. Like, mm -hmm. that's different than, like, somebody who wrote a book and they wanted it to be fantasy, but then they were like, oh, no, it's magical realism. And I'm like, they literally go into another world. Like, I'm looking at you, Bone Gap. <laughs> I'm looking at you. <laughs> like, <laughs> so. Uh, anyway. Bone Gap is a great book. It's fantasy. It's fantasy. <laughs> so. Uh, Mackenzie Lee goes in a fantasy direction here. And yeah, we got off track a little bit. Okay, so I thought 
two things were really interesting with the dragons. First of all, um, the dragon scales can be like ground and like snuffed and have, they are a drug. Mm -hmm. And so Mackenzie Lee like deals with addiction, um, how it alters people's behaviors, how the desperation takes over. And that was kind of like, like really dark compared to the rest of the book. Um, the talk of addiction. Yeah, but I mean, I think that it was, uh, it was important because that's how we see, like, the, the downfall of Alexander Platt, you know? Like, you were gonna say Hamilton. I was gonna say Pratt, actually. Oh, Pratt. <laughs> um, Alexander Pratt. <laughs> um, the slightly less well-known musical. Platt. Um, Alexander Platt. Um, so I think that it worked well. Oh, we wave back at people? I can I just learned you could wave back at people. I didn't know that was the thing. So we we could have been waving back Man, all this time. We are terrible at this. <laughs> it is our first Instagram live. We're gonna be more better. Thank you for coming. We're talking about this book. Um and not to encourage you to leave us, but we are in the spoiler section about this book. Um So but we we were talking about the addiction caused by the dragon skills. Um, and I thought that that was really interesting because it also showed kind of the danger, like, so there's the whole pharmacon principle that something can be both a cure and a poison. Mm -hmm. And that's this, like in small quantities, it can help you and maybe it can cure diseases. We don't know because an awesome lady doctor hasn't done all the tests yet. You know, it's funny. Felicity does say like, there has to be a way to do it. Like with the pain or with the pain relief without addiction. And, like, that's literally what they've been trying to do for the last 300 years. Yeah. Unsuccessfully. Yeah. So even even then, Felicity is, like, she's thinking on it. She's she like, is, yeah. Um, and, you know, who knows if she'll solve it. But she, she recognizes it's dangerous. Uh, she's seen the effects of the addiction. And I think it also puts kind of, like, you know... It's, it's established early on, well, you can't remove their scales without killing them. They don't shed their scales. So there's no way that we're getting the scales without a loss of life from the dragons. I don't remember that part. It's in the market. Like, it's in the market when okay. Sim first sees the woman selling them. And okay. she's like, oh, there's <coughs> definitely a dead dragon because scales can't just happen. Gotcha. Um... And then the second thing that I think is super interesting with the dragons is that Joanna sees a little baby dragon and is just so compassionate towards the baby dragon. And Felicity, you know, um, <coughs> skeptical, a bit more pessimistic. Not pessimistic, but definitely skeptical. And Joanna says, let me dream that there is something unquestionably pure in this world. She doesn't have to dream. She has a dog. Like, No, I know she has a dog. But, like, the point is not that this is the pure thing. But, but just basically, like, Felicity, even though the world can suck that we're living in right now, there can be moments of goodness and pureness. And I really needed that. I really needed that. And Mackenzie Lee, you know, has been on Twitter over the past few weeks like saying yeah my book is coming out 
and I wish this world were a bit kinder to the women living in it. And it's not. But this book is great. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I really liked was the title of the book is Petticoats and Piracy. And it took a while for the petticoats to show up. I spent a long time thinking, were you just going for a P word? Like, are Which, there like, going to be petticoats? Points for alliteration, but... So the petticoats do come up. And the way that they come up is that they are trying to get this map away from Alexander Platt and his evil band of nefarious doctors or whatever. And the way that they copy this map is with embroidery on the underside of the petticoat. So no one would ever look at it and I, I love that for so many reasons one I love that it's just like consistently these women get underestimated and like undervalued for not only their own abilities but like the abilities that like women learn and like get really skilled at and I also loved it because I thought that it served as a really great symbol for Felicity to be moving away from like this like paper world of like validity for men and blah 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 into creating her own validity and creating her own goals for what she actually wants like figuring out like the heart of what she wants and she says the core of what i want is just to understand like in the beginning she wanted the certification she wanted to be the surgeon all these kinds of things the kind of like prescribed <coughs> way to be good as men had written that way yep and they were barring her from doing it through the prescribed way and so the first part of her character arc is like just railing against that. And then the second part, second part is where they stitch the map into the petticoat. And then like, it's like sort of, it's sort of like the beginning of a new Felicity where she like views the world with more possibility where she can like be with Sim and be with Joanna and like they can go and explore the world in their own way versus listening for validity from men in one way or another. I agree. And it also, you know, it circles back to, like, before she had kind of cast aspersions on petticoats as, like, you know, representative of party life and, and wanting, like, the, the glam and things like that. And so now she's actually using that thing. And she does acknowledge that she's good at embroidery. Yeah. Like, but Joanna's better. Because, of course, she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... National Coming Out Day. Yep. And I do want to talk about the queerness in this novel. Okay. Okay. So, in Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue, we see Felicity have a short fling for, and like, an end. Like, to an end. Right? She's kind of manipulating homeboy oh, and Oh, yeah. Italy. I wouldn't call it a fling. But, yeah, you're right. It's like a little mini fling. Like, way too Mi much time. Micro fling. Like a <laughs> Okay. So Felicity has a flip, and um, she is trying to manipulate this guy to help them. I keep petting the dog, by the way. That's what's That's happening. That's why she's, I'm not, like, she's not petting me. Over here. She's petting the dog. <laughs> just in case anyone was wondering, like, hand check. No, it's just the dog. Yeah, I feel like you could come forward, though. Ugh, you have so many rules. Okay. All right. Okay. So I was making a point about the queerness in this novel, which right. is really important to me. Okay. Um... So she has previously kissed the boy, didn't care for it. Fun, just fine. Kissed Calum, didn't care for it. Fun, just fine. Sim kisses her, she didn't care for it. Fun, just fine. And Sim's a hottie. Hot pirate. And 
So Felicity and Sim have this conversation and basically Felicity says, you know, I know that people are supposed to like kissing. It doesn't do anything for me and I don't think it ever will. And I really appreciated this appearance of, you know, I mean like Felicity doesn't call it asexuality or aromanticism, but it's most of the way there. Well, it's similar to Monty, like Monty and Percy never like right. really labeled themselves gay because labels are like a really new invention. Right. So, right. Uh, and Mackenzie Lee talks about that in the footnotes of Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue. Um, she talks about the labels and how it would be new. And, and like, so Felicity understands this about herself and is, a, is able to say, like, this is my truth, um, even though she doesn't have a word for it. And a really sweet thing that happens, like, in my opinion, you know, um, is that Sim basically proposes marriage and then says, like, look, you can have your house on a rock with a dog and I'll visit you once every six months and the rest <laughs> of the time you can just be by yourself. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, and so Sim's, Sim's affection is left like unrequited. But it is, it is precious that she takes kind of a step towards Felicity in that way being like, I'm not going to pressure you to want more. Like maybe just a little bit, you know. Yeah. So I thought that was sweet. Um, so definitely asexuality on the page yeah anything else to add i mean it's a great book it's a fun romp very much like it it felt a lot like gentleman's guide it's not it's not quite as frothy as gentleman's guide because felicity is not as frothy as monty um but i think it's it's a really great book oh let's go back to the monty quote that i promised i would share (laughs) i have no idea what page it's on it's like it's towards the end they're on the ship they're on the ship. They're on the ship. I think it's it's not that far towards the end because it's before, it's where, like, just after they get Monty back. See, we do this in the closet. Just the slow flipping. And then we cut it out. Leela and by we... Cuts it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think it's gone. So, basically, Monty is a total ham. Ah-ha! Ha! Ha! Nah. I found it. Felicity says, and this one reminded me of my wife. How dare you? Since he's given up spirits, Monty has leaned in even harder to his addiction to attention. Attention is the best. <laughs> my wife is not an alcoholic, but she is, like our dog, addicted to attention. <laughs> Only yours. <laughs> it's true. She can't get any work done. I come into the office and I'm like, pay attention to me. <laughs> Nerd. Ugh. Okay. Uh, so, go read this book, y'all. Read it. Uh, we have a link in our latest Instagram post, and you should check it out. And that's all. Thanks for joining us. And go read this book. Read the book.